0: Just for those, because the youth blew the speaker on Friday night. Like new youth pastors, you can't trust it. No, they're good. They're great. If you didn't know Amanda, it was first time at Communion. Great job, Amanda. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'll tell you, Amanda and Cam have taken on the youth ministry and uh, we trust them that much that we're actually going to send my daughter So that means I trust them. So if I trust them, well, everyone else can. Um, So no, it's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing what takes place um, with what happens with Cam and Amanda coming in, taking on youth. Well, tonight uh, we're moving on in our theme uh, to uh, spiritual disciplines, hungering and thirst for God. And uh, it takes discipline. It takes a time where we need to pull away. If we're going to hunger and thirst for God is that we need to apply certain things to our life. And so tonight, um, I'm going to cover the spiritual discipline of service. Really, is that a discipline? (laughs) Yeah. The spiritual discipline of service. I love in 1 Peter 2, verse 21, it says, For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. I love Jesus. I love him. Do you realize that? I'm a pastor and I love Jesus. I hope you're a Christian and you love Jesus. It helps. But the thing that I love about Jesus is that he, you know, he makes statements within the Bible and, and Peter talks about Jesus and he makes all these statements. But the thing that I love about Jesus, he just wasn't all talk. Do you realize that? He just didn't come and talk about it. He actually demonstrated it. He actually outworked. He he actually demonstrated to us. He left an example so that what we could what walk in his footsteps. You know, I've got four kids, and they range from eleven right through to four. But I tell you what, I've got a four-year-old son, Jesse. He he is he is a leader in his own right. Like he can line up the other three kids just like that. You know, they're not pushing him around. There is nothing but but I'll tell you what, there is one thing that he loves. He loves shoes. He loves shoes. And, And just not any shoes. I think he gets this gift off his mother because he's always wearing his mum's shoes. Like I'm like, son, what are you doing? And I, I tell you what, the rest of the kids get embarrassed for him. I say, like, what are you doing? You're wearing girls, you're a you're a bloke, you're a man. Put some go and try dad's shoes on, but no, he's got the high heels. And he will even pose. He's got the legs for it. He's got every and you know, but as you start to look around, you, you start to realise is that, you know, he gets a bit wobbly and, he, and he's walking and he's moving. And, and it's like, but he's walking in mum's footsteps. Oh, the girls. Oh. <laughs> like, like, listen, mate, get some, put some Doc Martens on, you know, come on. Like, but, they, but, oh, yeah. But, he, but he's following in mum's foot. Like the same thing here, the scripture says is that we should follow in whose footsteps? Yeah. yeah, and at times when we start following in our Savior's footsteps, it will be a bit wobbly at times. Has anyone ever found that? It's like, you know, Jesus walks on water. Peter's like, you can walk on water. I'll walk on water too. You know, he's going to walk in Jesus' footsteps. You know, he starts, walking. but you know, it got a bit wobbly for Peter. He starts to take his eyes off. And, and I, I tell you what, sometimes in my life it gets a bit wobbly. I, I'm walking in Jesus' footsteps, but I'm like... I, those promises. And it's the same, but that's what I love, is that Jesus, he says, you know, he's the example that has been set so that we can walk in his footsteps. You and I are called to walk within his footsteps, not just say what he said there is no power in just speaking something and then not demonstrating it do you realise that there is no power in that you know, there are a lot of people that can talk and I hate people that just talk and don't back it up with action does anyone know someone like that oh is anyone sitting next to someone like that keep your hands down but but it's like, it gets like that, you know, we all go to work with that guy that, you know, he knows it all, he's telling us how it's done, he's, uh, but it's like, well, listen mate, don't tell me, just show me, just yeah. shut your mouth and show me. Come on, Sam. Come on, Sam. Uh, am I just, is it that, that's just what I, yeah, okay, maybe I'm the only one around those sort of people. But I, I love it. You know, it's an integral part of discipleship. Jesus commanded us in this, in Luke nine twenty three: If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And follow me. Hey, take up your cross. Come on, take it up. You know, being a disciple of Jesus means more than just getting baptized. Do you realize that? Yeah. It means more than just filling in a connect card. Yes, I made a decision. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, the decision is just the first step. Yeah. It's actually a journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it, it's a journey. It, it, it's like, okay, I've signed up. Here I am, God. I'm going to give you all my life right. We take hold of the Bible and we see where Jesus walked and we start to walk in His footsteps. Yeah, that's it. We walk in His ways. And like I said, it'll start to get a little bit wobbly every now and then and our faith will be tested. But if you stay in tune and focused upon God, it'll bring strength. It'll bring strength. In Mark 9.35, Jesus, he sits down and he sat his disciples down and and he called the twelve to him. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. You know, I believe this with all my heart is that service is a spiritual discipline. Serving those around us is a spiritual discipline. You know, it includes following him and doing what he did. Do you realise that? At the Last Supper, you know, that evening, when he was insisted, he insisted on actually washing his disciples' dirty feet. He, he insisted on it. He was like, no, 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 listen, we're here right now, I'm going to wash it. Because the tradition in the day is that you would have dust, you would have sandals. Your feet would be black, you would walk in. A- a- and you would walk into a house and instead of walking in, there would, there'd be a bucket and there'd be a towel and, and you'd wash your feet or there'd be a servant that would wash your feet. And at the Last Supper, it wasn't Jesus, you know, coming into a place and, and he doesn't have this great and noble act. He, he doesn't rally his disciples to fight and then there's a big victory. You know, he just, he doesn't even stand up and give a passionate speech. What he does is he walks over and he picks up a bucket of water and he picks up a towel. Like, for some of us, we're like, oh, okay, he just picked up a bucket and he just picked up a towel. So what? Would well, you realise, back in that day, is that it was a servant's responsibility? But, but do you realise that sometimes when you had servants in the day, that the servants were actually slaves? Because there was no welfare system. It, it was not like the world we live in today. It, it was like, say for instance... You are married, your husband dies, you have no kids. Automatically, you don't go into the welfare system. Automatically, you either try to become a slave, a servant somewhere, or you just naturally end up a slave. So for Jesus to actually come down and and pick up these two items and say, hey, listen, and come is a big deal. Right there, it becomes a game changer. Because right in that moment, he is called master and teacher. And he comes and he kneels down and he washes their feet. He dries their feet. Like today, it's like, that's just... No, the significance of it. It it was a game changer. It it was a thing where Jesus say, "Hey, do as I do. Do as I do." He does the menial job of a servant, a slave. He lowers himself to wipe away the grime. Isn't that funny that Jesus he would die on a cross so that he could wipe away the grime? that we have, that thing called sin, but yet here he's demonstrating it from an outward appearance, he's he's on his knees, he's wiping away the dirt, a daily chore, the king of kings takes it upon himself to perform a lowly task. But then after washing his feet, he challenges his disciples. He washes their feet and he challenges them. And if if you have a look in John 12, verse 17, he says to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I have laid down a pattern for you that I have done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant's not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to his employer. If you understand what I am telling you, act like it and live blessed lives. It's a game changer. Jesus is saying, oh, I've shown you what to do, now you go and do it. And this is how you will fulfill your purpose in life. Some of us are like, well, what's my purpose? What is, what is my destiny? What is, what is, what, you know, when am I going to get my big 15 seconds of fame? Like, they're after that sort of purpose. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 you're missing the whole point. Yep. Kingdom purposes are, are just the, the little things. That those little things is what impacts someone's eternity. Yeah. Those, those things that you can do. and So discipline of service. I've just got a couple of thoughts tonight of the discipline of service. The first thing is, serving gives life to our faith. Yeah. Do you realise that? That's great, Sam. Serving gives life to your faith. Serving does not earn our salvation. Let me put it out there. It doesn't earn... Our salvation. We're not saved by good works. We're saved for good works. Sometimes we get it wrong. We're saved for good works. We're saved to outwork our faith. We're saved so that we can be a light to those around us. We're saved so that we can serve those around us just as Christ served us. You know, serving is the fruit of our new life in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says... For by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Our salvation is a gift of God. But our our working of our salvation, our our good works is a fruit of our salvation. In James it talks about, it says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, also faith apart from works is dead. Dead. You know, works and faith, they go hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. And like I said before, there there are a lot of people that, you know, they declare salvation, but they've got no fruit to back it up. They declare that they're saved and Jesus delivered them, but their life never changes. It doesn't even represent... I don't even know how you explain it. It's like you look at their life and you look at the Bible and you're like, you're a follower of Christ. Wow. As in your life doesn't read the same as the Scriptures. As in it's like, it's more than shaky than walking in Jesus' feet. It's actually, you haven't even put his shoes on yet. But faith without works Instead, do, do you realize this, that even the demons believe in God? But they'll know us by our, what? Fruit. They'll know us by our fruit. Serving gives life to faith. The second thing is that we are created to serve. Do you realize you and I are created to serve? Whoa. Hang on, I'm not serving no one. I'm my own master. That's what the world would say. <laughs> it's like it, like to know if you've made it in the world, it, it's like how many people are serving you. But this is where the kingdom of God is upside down. It, it's not about that. It's almost how many people are you serving? Or who are you serving? Now I love Jesus Christ. Is that He came to Earth? What did He come to Earth to do? He came to serve you and I. He came to die for you and I. And so we look at it here is that we are created to serve Ephesians two verse ten. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what is it? Good works. You and I are created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them yeah. Yeah. you and i are created for good work we, we are created to share the gospel we are created to look after those around us yeah. you know god has prepared good works for each of us there is a plan yes there is there is a plan like I said before, there are some people right now is that they are like, oh, I don't have a plan. I don't know where God wants me. Maybe acknowledge Him in all your ways. Yeah, that's great. And He will direct your path. Yep. Yep. He has a plan. He has a plan. The gifts of God, the gifts God has given you, He desires us to use for His kingdom. You know, in his kingdom, the little things are the big things. Do you realize that? Yeah. Jesus is demonstrating washing some feet. For some of us, that's just a little thing. But no, no, that's the big thing. That, that impacts people's lives. Yes, it does. You know, for some of us, we need to step back and go, okay, what am I missing here? God has created me to serve and, okay, what gifts and talents has he given me? And let me say this. It's not just to use within the life of the church, but it's to use in every area of our life. They will know you by your fruit. They by your love for one another. We are created to serve. We are created to serve each other. We are created to serve him. Third point is this is that serving others serves Jesus. Do you realize that? When we see a need and meet it, we are doing his good work and serving him. We are doing his good work and serving him. We are Jesus' hand and feet on earth. You and I are his hands and feet. Matthew 25 to 35 to 40 Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. I believe that's a powerful scripture within itself. Like I believe some of us are going to get to heaven and we're like he's going to read an account of everything we did and we're like, I didn't do that. Because what I find is that when we take on the characteristics of God, when we step into who he is, it becomes natural. And we actually don't even realize we do it. And we don't even realize it. It just becomes who we are. We take on the nature of Christ. And when we take on the nature of Christ, it just becomes our default. And so when there is someone in need, naturally we just go, here. Or naturally we just go, hey. You know, because that's what takes place. We take on his nature. We take on his characteristics. And so those that are looking in and they're seeing you and they're like, well, why are you always so nice? Why are you always helping? Am I helping people? Yeah, you always help such and such down there. You know, They've always got an issue. You, you help them or you, you always... You know, you're just nice. You're just, there's something different. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm just being naught. This is just who I am. It's because without even realizing it, you take on the characteristics of God. And so you come into a place as that where, where serving others actually just serves Jesus. Without even realizing it, you are impacting the world around you. You are doing all that God has called you to do. You're outliving what God has asked you to do. You know, I I find, you know, individually, you know, we can walk down, we hear, we listen to what the Spirit says. And if the Spirit says, hey, listen, how about you pay for their lunch? Or how about you pay for those groceries? Or how about you just, maybe just say hello to that person in the bus shelter? How about you just have an ear to hear, yeah. you know? And, and those things is just listening to the Spirit. Yeah. But then also too, I believe corporately is that we're going to get to heaven. We're going to be like, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't. I didn't. Because I love even as a church what we're involved in. Yeah. It's like even just doing Red Frogs and She Rescue and, and some of those things. Is that you know we're going to get to heaven and and this list is going to be called out and we're like, I, I not even. I actually never went to Cambodia. Well, actually never went to school. Is like, that shouldn't be on my list, God. i what? Someone got re- I wasn't part of that. But all of a sudden, what will take place is it'll be like, well, no, you were part of that family, that arm. And as an arm, you guys did that. And this is what we've got to realize, that sometimes we'll never know people that we impact. We'll never know their story. We'll never know their name. But as a church, we are called to serve, to serve our community. We're called to do it individually and corporately. And if we fail to do that as a church, collectively, we fail to be the church. And so when I when I look at this, when I look at the discipline of serving, sometimes it's got to be purposeful within our life, but at the same time when we walk in Christ, it just becomes a natural thing that we do. A natural thing that we do. We may never know their names or see their faces. But we care as a church. We care as a church. My last one is this, is that serving is the action of love. Serving is the action of love. Mark twelve thirty-two. Jesus said, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. The Greek word for love in this verse is an active tense. Do you realise that? It's an active tense. Jesus wasn't talking about the warm and fuzzy feeling or a warm and fuzzy feeling that you should have about your neighbor. He wasn't talking about that. Oh, not that warm and fuzzy feeling. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about you, know, you should love your neighbor you should, as you do yourself, you should care for them. You know, every single thing Jesus did on earth was in service to the Father and in turn to us. And in turn to us. <laughs> it wasn't warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I love reading the Bible, I love having a laugh. I-, I read that. It wasn't warm and fuzzy. Like I don't think Jesus was hanging on the cross going, oh this is fuzzy, this is warm, i love loving, no. But it's love that held him to the cross, love for you and I. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And what I find in life is that for those that you love, you will serve. And, and I know as a, as a father, raising my family and raising my kids is that I love them. But i tell you what, it's not always warm and fuzzy the things that I have to do. You know, the younger the kid, the more you have to do. Like, I'll be honest, like in the mornings, sometimes it's not pleasant. I will get a call from the other side of the house. Dad! Dad! Dad, I've finished! And all the parents are like we know that call they're sitting on the throne high and mighty and it's not washing feet it's not warm and fuzzy but it's love it's love You know, sometimes I don't feel like doing the things for those around me that I I love. But I I love to serve them. There are going to be days that you'll get up and you're like, God, I I don't love what you've called me to do, but God, I I will do them. I'm here to outwork your call for my life. The discipline of serving. There is a discipline. And some of us need to actually just tell our soul, Lord, right now, I'm just going to do it. Why? Because God has called me to do it. Why? Because I love those around me. Love is the action. Or service is the love in action. Jesus, like I said, When he hung on the cross, it was a love for you and I. It was a service for you and I. It was him connecting humanity back with its creator. It was an act that was for the individual but covered the multitudes. It was something that he agonised over. It was something that it was like, God, right now, if you can take this cup from me. He was on his knees. He was... If you can take, if there is another way, God, can you take? But it was like, no. Well, then I will do it. I will serve humanity. I will serve you. And tonight, if we are to follow in his footsteps, we need the same attitude. We need the same discipline around our lives is that when God says do, you say yeah. And that single act of love for you and I, that held him to the cross, was a vision of you and I. Was probably the greatest and significant act of service that anyone could possibly do. Tonight, tonight, will you give yourself to the discipline of service? Service for his kingdom, his purposes, not for man, but for him and all that he's called you to do. Father God, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, I thank You for the opportunity where we can come and we can worship You. But Lord God, I thank You that Your Son demonstrated to us a way in which we should live. That He just didn't speak about it. It just wasn't an ideology. But it was realology. It was, a, it was tangible. It was demonstrated. It was demonstrated. It was spoken and then outworked. And I thank you. Tonight, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an opportunity. I don't know everyone in this room. But there is a God that loves you. There is a God that sent His Son that will die on a cross in your place. Because He loves you. Because He wants relationship with you. And tonight I've spoken about the discipline of service. And and He, Jesus, outworked it for you and I. So that we could be connected to our Heavenly Father. Tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to connect with God, connect with a God that loves you, loves you so much that He would send His Son, and that His Son would say yes for you. If you want to be included in this prayer tonight, I'd love for you just to raise your hand. Just so I know who I'm praying with. While well, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Anyone else want to join these two? Father God, You see hands, You see hearts. And Lord God, we thank You for what You've done. We thank You for Your Son that died on a cross for You and I so that we could be connected back to You, a heavenly Father. And Lord God, tonight as we acknowledge You, as we acknowledge Your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank You that Your Word says that as we acknowledge You, that You would send Your Holy Spirit as a guarantee to testify to us of our salvation. And Lord God, tonight as individuals in this place acknowledge You, as they turn towards You, Father, tonight come and meet them where they're at. Come and pour out Your love where they're at. Let Your Spirit intertwine their life where they're at, Father. So that they'll walk all the days of their life with you. They'll walk in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give them a hand. I challenge to you this week. Who can you serve? Who are those ones and twos that you can serve? Who are those ones that you can just look out for and, and just do that little bit extra?